This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 331, recorded on Wednesday, July the 19th, 2017. Jason, how's it going tonight? Uh, not too bad. Uh, you know, doing stuff, making bottles, trying <laughs> to get the baby to go to sleep. This is third time's a charm. Sounds like uh, sounds like your life right now. Yeah. That's all right. Well, I'm okay. I'm all by myself. My family has left me. Wait, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound, that doesn't, that's not <laughs> what I meant. They have gone away on an airplane to visit family in Europe, and I will be joining them later this week, So, or later next week, I mean. So I was thinking that maybe we should just marathon podcast over the next week and a half, like every day. Cause I got, yeah, all, well, kinds, I got all kinds of free time. have uh, an alternate schedule. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> no. I do not have the uh, copious amounts of uh, free from family time that you seem to have over the next week and a half. So uh, you could podcast copious amounts. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just leave the thing recording, you know. Whoa, record my Go whole life. Day. Record my whole life for a week. Yeah, life casting. Do it. That would be nuts, man. I don't think anyone would want to no. hear that. Uh, what I do plan on doing is probably seeing a whole bunch of movies, though. I'm going to I'm gonna go out to a movie every night if I can. Well, not every night, but three or four nights probably over the next week and get caught up on all the movies I want to see and maybe, maybe see some movies for a second time. Do that, too. All right. Well, that should be fun. Uh, but what are we going to do right here, right now on this podcast? Um, because we're, we're going to have to start, we're going to have to record again early next week, uh, speaking of, of recording, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, today we're mostly just going to get sort of caught up on, on the walking dead news. Cause there's, there's a lot of it and, uh, it might be a shorter than usual podcast, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Every time I say that we tend to record just as long, if not longer than usual. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but the first thing I want to, well, the question on everybody's mind, Jason, of course, is first of all, one, did anyone fall through your roof this week? No, this has been a, uh, you know, a roof incident or ceiling incident free week so far. Uh, the roof is done there. Uh, they just, the inspector came by today and everything looks good and, uh, it can, it may, the weather may now rain on my house without causing me, uh, copious amounts of stress. That's good. You don't want water coming in through your roof. That's why you had it redone. And yep. uh, now you should be good for a while and hopefully nobody falls through it. Uh, yeah, except for, you know, all the stuff that they noticed while they were up there working. It's like, oh, okay, well, you need new eaves troughs and the uh, the vents in the two bathrooms are just venting into the uh, into the attic, which causes moisture damage on the underside of the uh, uh, the plywood or the decking. And yeah. Uh, there's yeah some other stuff they need to do. I just got a quote from putting a post in. A post fell down uh, in front of my house, and I just I said, "Hey, while you're here, can you give me an estimate for this? Friggin' twenty eight hundred dollars to put in a post." I don't I don't understand what kind of post. Well, I was holding up the uh, the deck upstairs. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> sounds but, like an important post. Well, yes and no. There's other houses on this street that are the same model as this one. Some of them have posts. Some of them don't. Huh. So either some of them had them fall down like mine and no, they didn't replace them and they don't seem to be any worse for wear. 
Hmm. I don't think it's coming down, but there was a post there before. I should probably have a post there again, but for 2,800 bucks, I'm not sure. I don't know, man. Maybe we could do it ourselves. Well, that's what I'm thinking. All right. knows how to dig a hole. All you know right. how to dig a hole, fill a sono tube full of concrete. You could do that, right? Totally. Totally. Then, yeah. Okay. Come on over Sunday. Okay. We'll, we'll do it. We got a post digging, post hole digging date on Sunday. Sure. Uh, well, that was a tangent. What, what I, yeah, I'm just glad to hear nobody fell through your roof. That, yeah. That is no, wonderful. Yeah. Everything's done. No workers in my house this week. Good. Good. Uh, Something else I want to address before we really get started here, and it's what happened on our Facebook page earlier on the weekend. Right. Uh, that was fun times. So our Facebook page essentially was was hacked. and No, it wasn't. Well... My computer was hacked. Okay. I, Facebook page is completely fine. They didn't get any passwords or anything. He did to get access to the Facebook page, but... The Facebook page was not hacked. So in case anyone doesn't know, that's true. The Facebook page itself wasn't hacked. It just, that's where the result of the hacking showed up. And what it was is an inappropriate link got posted right at the top of our Facebook page as if it came from you. Yeah. And I need to thank listener named John, who was the first one to point it out to me because I hadn't even got the notification about it on my phone yet. And he sent us a message and said, I can't believe you guys would post this. And I'm like, what do you mean? So I went over to the page. I saw it. I'm not going to get into what it was. They don't, these, this people, these people running, whatever this is, do not need any free publicity from us. But suffice it to say, it was not very nice. It was inappropriate and offensive. And, um, as soon as I was made aware of it, I deleted it. Thank John. And then posted an apology. So I hope uh, anyone who saw that understands that it was a mistake. It wasn't us. And I hope no major offense was taken. Yeah. And I apologize for that. It's entirely my fault. I was playing around with uh, remote access to my computer. I had opened up uh, a port on my router so that I could remotely access my computer uh, from outside of my house. And apparently somebody found the open port and the password I had uh, set up was... uh, Sadly inadequate. It was, uh, it's shut down now, so I can say it was VNC one through one, two, three. So it was the whole most horrible password you could think of. I was just playing around, but somebody got a hold of it. They got a hold of, uh, hold of my computer remotely, and uh, all they did was tool around. They went to diff- various links. Uh, they read through some of my emails. They went to Facebook, and apparently I was still logged into Facebook, which was uh, why they posted that link. And I've subsequently shut down everything. Shut down everything. Changed the password to every site that they accessed. And uh, I'm now assuming my computer is being monitored at all times until I have the opportunity to reinstall Windows. Interesting. So that's crazy that you were not there, and someone just randomly logged into your computer and did who knows what. It seems like the worst thing they did was post something inappropriate on our Facebook page. Maybe when they saw, you know, that many likes on a page, they're like, ooh, I'm going to take advantage of this. They didn't do anything else on Facebook. They didn't do anything. uh, They read through some emails because I was still logged into my my email browser, but, uh, you know, they they couldn't change any passwords or anything like that, so they didn't get access to anything uh, because it requires a password to change a password. So uh, they didn't get access to anything. I don't don't do any online banking on my computer. I do it all on my phone. So if you want online banking, go to grab my phone. Uh, you know, <laughs> Hack Jason's you phone, everybody. Yeah. Usually it's in my pocket. So good luck. Um, well, you can do his banking and look at his nudie pics. So 
yeah, and there's no nudie pics on my phone. Those are on the computer. So oh. it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of another. As far as I know, they didn't find the nudie pics on my computer, and uh, they didn't do any online banking. Uh, they just tooled around. And oddly enough, you had sent me a Skype message saying, hey, we just got a post on uh, Facebook that it seemed to have come from you. I think maybe uh, you should have a look at that. And the person that was on my machine replied to you yeah. with the with the statement, oh, all right. Yeah, it's with, weird. It's, it was a little bit weird, and it was immediately after that message that uh, the history on my uh, my browser history ended. So I think you scared them off. Well, I think you said, okay, somebody's noticing that I'm doing stuff, so I'm getting the F out of here. So thank you for that. Well, that's and just... Thank, uh, John. Was it John? Yeah, listener John. Who... Listener John. Thank, thanks to John for letting you know, and for you letting me know, and scaring that asshole off of my computer. So that's all good. Kind of a crazy story, but the uh, lesson is better passwords. Yeah, the lesson is, Jason, don't be an idiot and open up security holes to your uh, personal computer, you moron. <laughs> there you go. Anyways, <laughs> so worst thing that seems to have happened is this link got posted on, on the Facebook page. So if you saw it and it bothered you, we're sorry. Uh, but hopefully that won't happen again. I don't imagine it will. So, yeah. All right. Let's talk about, well, the Walking Dead news now. Jason, it's been a rough couple of weeks in the Walking Dead universe. Yeah. Uh, there have been three sad deaths related to the show uh, in the last few weeks. And, and the first one here, you, you may not even be aware of. Um, but it's that uh, voice actor Randy Shell died in a skydiving accident a couple of weeks ago. Now, I don't blame anyone if, they, if you don't recognize his name because he's not, uh, he's not a household name, but you would definitely recognize his voice. He did a lot of the promo work for Fear the Walking Dead. Mm. He was a licensed and experienced skydiver and uh, unfortunately had an accident uh, doing a jump a couple of weeks ago and did not survive. So uh, just wanted to mention that he he was, you know, a very talented voice actor. You've heard him do the promos and uh, unfortunately we lost him. So our condolences go to his family and friends, of course. Absolutely. That's sad. And I do, uh, I do recognize the name and I do remember, uh, you know, the promos, but, uh, yeah, that's very sad, especially, you know, somebody experienced, uh, you can be experienced, you can be inexperienced, uh, things go wrong. And when you're doing something that is high risk like that, when something goes wrong, there's not a lot of room for recovery. So, uh, no. it's, it's sad. No. Yeah. Very, very sad. I mean, he knew what he was doing, but it was just apparently a freak accident that, uh, yeah resulted in his death, sadly. So um, the other one that got, I mean, a lot more publicity is that uh, the Walking Dead stuntman, John Bernecker, or Bernecker, he died after an accident on set a couple of weeks ago, which actually shut down production of the show yeah. for over a week. And, you know, this was big news because, of course, it shut down the show. But, uh, you know, sadly, he died after falling, I think, over 20 feet from a balcony onto concrete. So 22 feet, yeah, and he missed the, uh, the, the padding and the boxes that were there by inches. Yeah, just, just by inches. So, you know, I don't really know the details other, other than that. I think there's some other news outlets out there that are continuing to follow the story. And, of course, there are legal and insurance ramifications to deal with and stuff like that. But honestly, I don't really see the point in getting into all those details. I mean, if you're interested in them, you can find them. But again, 
sadly, you know, we send out our, our condolences to his family and friends and, of course, everybody involved in The Walking Dead. But uh, just another freak accident. A guy doing what he does, you know, he has hundreds of credits for stuntman work on TV shows and movies. Uh, I believe, you know, a guy from the Atlanta area and just another freak accident. He fell and sadly, sadly lost his life. So another sad story. It is. Yeah. And again, just uh, an experienced uh, stuntman who was also did stunt coordinator work. So, you know, he was responsible for the safety of other stuntmen. So he knew you would presume he would know what he was doing, you know, a consummate professional. And it's just, uh, he's going off a balcony and, uh, you know, doesn't quite go right. And again, he's in a profession that, uh, where there's not a lot of margin for error and that's why you do so much prep, but every once in a while, something's going to happen. It's going to be a freak accident. And, uh, when freak accidents occur, it's, it's serious. Oh yeah. Yeah. And all kinds of, uh, outpouring of emotion, you know, from everybody on, uh, involved with the show and, and just other people in show business too. You know, he was a well-respected guy, well-known guy, at least amongst the industry. And, uh, it's, it's really sad. Scott Gimple, he made a statement. He said, our production is heartbroken by the tragic loss of John Bernacker. John's work on the walking dead and dozens of other movies and shows will continue to entertain and excite audiences for generations. We are grateful for his contributions and all of us send our condolences, love and prayers to John's family and friends. Yeah. And that was echoed by uh, a lot of other people on Twitter and, uh, you know, various other statements too. So, yeah. Uh, another another sad day there. Um, and finally, the third one, not directly related to The Walking Dead, but uh, pretty darn close. George A. Romero, the godfather of the zombie movie, a lot of people call him, died at the age of 77 following a battle with lung cancer. Oh, man. So, sad. yeah, really, really rough week. Uh, what I didn't realize about Romero is that uh, he was a resident of Toronto. For many years, he died here in the city, too, even though he was American-born. He lived here in Toronto. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Neither did I. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure what brought him here. Maybe, he, maybe his, uh, his wife's family or something like that. Uh, but, you know, lived here in the city for, I think, over a couple of decades now. Became a Canadian citizen. So he didn't have any plans on leaving. But, uh, you know. We got some pretty good shawarma in Toronto. So maybe it was the shawarma that. That drew him here. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know, man. Maybe we got a lot of good food in this in this place. We'll see. Uh, but he, as as most people knows, you know, generally credited with popularizing, if not creating, sort of the zombie genre of genre of films. He started it with Night of the Living Dead in 1968, and from there he went on to make 1978's Dawn of the Dead, 1985's Day of the Dead, 2005's Land of the Dead. 2007's Diary of the Dead, and 2009's Survival of the Dead, and amongst other films in in that, uh, in between those. So he did all kinds of stuff, and word is he was actually working on trying to find financing for the next one called Road of the Dead, Hmm. which I want to talk about for a minute because it sounds like a, a really odd film that that he was working on but it did bring up a couple of things uh one is he you know he was interviewed not that long ago just the beginning of july and he well this 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 actually came from a different interview i think but he harbored some resentment 
for, uh, I think, for The Walking Dead. He said, I used to be the only guy on the zombie playground, and unfortunately, Brad Pitt and The Walking Dead have made it Hollywoodized. I was ready to do another one, a two to three million one, and nobody will finance a zombie film now. So he was having trouble getting the money together for Road of the Dead, and he kind of blamed it on the mass popularity of the genre. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense from that point of view. It's like, what, another zombie movie? Uh, You know, you're George Romero and everything, but, you know, really? Another zombie movie? Well, you know, I, I know what you mean. He's supposedly the master here. But I don't know, and I don't think he's entirely wrong. I mean, obviously, the the genre has exploded, and Walking Dead is the most popular show on TV and all that kind of stuff. But I I looked it up, and Survival of the Dead and Diary of the Dead were not successful films. I mean, they have their fans, I'm sure, but they certainly weren't commercially successful. So I don't know that blaming his, you know, financing troubles on uh, World War Z and The Walking Dead are the only story there well this might just be the latest chapter in that struggle mm-hmm. right so it's it's you know maybe he can blame the financial lack of financial success on those movies on the same kind of thing like this this the market is oversaturated mm-hmm. so yeah. you know why yeah it's it's tough and you know and wanting to make another zombie movie in that kind of atmosphere and uh trying to get financing for it yeah you're gonna run into uh you're going to run into some struggles. <laughs> you are for sure. Let's be honest though. I know I would have watched the new one. had it been made. Uh, all e- would you have paid for it though? You know what? If my family was, if it was in theaters right now this week and I had nothing to do, but watch movies, I would be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. And to be honest, I probably pay for it. I'd go and Good. see it in the theater. Good. You know, uh, but even here's the weird part. So apparently this movie was going to feature driving zombies. Oh. And and that just that just adds to the the uh, the idea that there might have been other reasons that this was having trouble finding the money because that sounds like a bizarre premise. Apparently, from the I don't know where this came from from um, the official premise of the film or official press release about the film in the darkest days of the zombie apocalypse, the last safe place on earth is anything but as a mad despot uses the spectacle of high octane carnage to keep control of his populace. Uh, yeah. So that makes me think this is a little bit of a combination between a zombie film, maybe the old video game, Carmageddon where you get in cars and run down people and other things. And, I don't know, Mad Max? Well, it could be a Mad Max. I'm thinking it's uh, it's what the governor did, right? It's uh, in order to maintain control over a living populace, you have uh, high-octane games where you, uh, you physically attach zombies to cars and then let them go at it, right? You put them on a road, you tie their hands to the wheels, you tie their feet to the, uh, to the gas pedal, uh, you disable the brake because, you know, why not? And then uh, you start the engines and let's go. It's like racing turtles kind of thing. It's uh, you put them in there and let them go and have everybody bet on the winners and everybody goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like big pileups and, you know, you could, you could do Mad Max stuff, like put them in a semi and uh, all kinds of fun stuff. This sounds like an interesting idea. I'd, I'd, I'd pay to watch that. I I guess, but I... I'm not so sure. I I don't really have a good concept of what it actually was. If it was that and they were still zombies 
but they were put behind the wheel of, wheels of cars and who knows. Yeah. Or if well, that's they, the kind of plot I would like. You know, I don't think I like the idea of zombies going, oh, I'm not powerful enough just walking around, so I'm going to get behind the wheel of this car of my own volition and uh, drive around in order to kill something so that I can eat it. That seems ridiculous. That I can't get on the board with. Right. You know, somebody physically tying a zombie into a car and starting the engine, I could live with. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm i not sure we'll ever find out anymore, sadly. Well, maybe there's a script, you know? Maybe. He, you know, now that he's died and, you know, this is getting kind of press, uh, you know, it might be the, you know, they could market it as the uh, the movie that he wanted to make before he died, but he died too soon. Maybe there's, maybe there's a script sitting on his desk right now with a note saying, need $5 million. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, somebody, they're, putting together his effects in life. Somebody's putting together the effects of life and they sell the script to somebody and they're like, yeah, I can get $5 million for his last script. True. We'll get to see this next summer. Well, you never know. I, you, you never know. I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe this will be the final film of George A. Romero's esteemed career. Or maybe the walking dead will pick up the rights to it and incorporate it into the television show. And, you know, and then they'll have a, uh, a credit for, you know, written by George Romero. He was asked to direct, or he was pr- approached about directing a few episodes, remember? And he, he turned it down because he said that it's basically just a soap opera with a zombie occasionally. Yeah, well, <laughs> now he's dead. So he doesn't really have a say anymore. No, I, I guess not. Uh, Robert Kirkman, of course, tweeted that without George A. Romero, there is no Walking Dead. His inspiration cannot be overstated. He started it all and so many others followed. And that's very true. It's hard to argue that without uh, Romero, I, I mean, I guess you could say someone else would have come along and done it, but they didn't. He did. And without him, you know, Walking Dead doesn't exist. We don't exist as a podcast. Yep. Um, so definitely a lot of inspiration there. We absolutely stand on the shoulders of giants. We certainly do. Greg Nicotero wrote, there are so many things to say about this man, my friend, my mentor, and my inspiration. For what he gave us all with his passion and fire, his unrelenting spirit will live forever. It's pretty nice words. Um, and, you know, my own experience with Romero, even though I didn't even really realize it at the time, started way back when I was younger. I had Night of the Living Dead on VHS. I don't remember where it came from, but it was in my house. And when I was younger, um, I got a T, I got a job when I was 15. And the first thing I did was buy a little TV for my room. And, uh, I had a VHS player and I used to watch the twilight zone a lot. And this night of the living dead VHS tape, I had put it in there, had it for years. It might even still be floating around my house somewhere in a box in the attic or something like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I watched it a bunch And that was really my introduction to zombie movies. And I didn't even really realize it at the time, but that's the way these things go. You know, I just watched this thing over and over and, uh, and the rest is history as they say, I guess. Awesome. You've, you've seen it, right? Uh, Night of the Living Dead? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, Because, I mean, there are people out there that, you know, have no interest in this kind of thing. Hopefully that's not you. (laughs) Well, yeah, I haven't, uh, I can't say that I've seen all of the zombie movies out there, but uh, uh, there's, I've seen quite a few and absolutely Night of the Living Dead is, uh, you know, a must see. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, speaking of his films, I don't believe I did see Survival of the Dead, but I remember watching Diary and Land and the others as well. But I don't think I saw Survival. So we might. Well, maybe we should put together a uh, zombie George Romero zombie watch list and, uh, you know, watch, watch all of them. Maybe do a marathon, something like that. Yeah. Or at the very least, catch up with Survival. Uh, you know, came out 2009, so it's been out a while. But you're right. Maybe a marathon is a good idea. Yeah, now you got something to do while your family's away. There you go. Forget going Screw to see. Screw that working crap. Oh. Like you probably are staying home because you have to work and then are taking vacation later and meeting them in Checo, right? That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, so what you have to do is you have to, you know, call in sick for nine days. <laughs> I'm a- sorry I can't come to work. Uh, I'm watching a zombie marathon. Yeah, that's right. You know, don't lie. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't go to work. <laughs> see what I'm saying? All right. I'll see how that works out. <laughs> I think my boss... And my wife would be upset. Right. Because <laughs> I'm not with either of them, so. <laughs> right. Well, you can tell your boss that, you know, you don't have to pay me, but I'm staying home. Don't fire me, but you don't have to pay me for the time that I'm not there. Yeah, that might upset everybody as well, so. Yeah, there's no winners in that situation. There really aren't. Except me, because I get to sit in my underwear eating popcorn and watching zombie movies. Except for the money. You don't get the money, so you don't get to win either. Yeah, that's true. I don't See, get the money. Yeah. Okay. Need as a sponsor. Terrible. <laughs> Who wants to pay me to sit and watch uh, Romero's movies? Yeah. That's the job everybody wants. Anyways, uh, once again, our deepest condolences to George's family and friends and everyone you know whose uh, life he was a part of. So, man, rough week in the Walking Dead universe. Three sad deaths. Uh, hopefully... Nothing else goes wrong. Production on the show has restarted. They are back to it, but uh, I'm sure it is with a heavy heart to a, to a certain degree. Yeah, I have questions about that. You know, like, what do you do in this situation? Is it is it disrespectful to continue on, like, having somebody else do the stunt that he was working on and just have that whole thing play out as it was? Or do you rewrite the scene? Or do you rewrite the whole episode? What's the appropriate thing to do there? Um... It, I, I don't really know. I mean, if it were me, if I was that director or that writer, I might be tempted to just cut the scene or change it somehow and, and just not go for it. I mean, obviously, that episode, maybe even the entire season, likely will be dedicated to this guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and there, you could make an argument that keep it in because because it's almost a, a tribute to him in a way, yeah. right? Well, that, that's the thing. If I was doing something, uh, you know, I'd want them to continue on. So, yeah, the appropriate thing to do here, I'm sure they've all had these discussions, and there's probably uh, ethical standards for such things because stuntmen have died on set in the past. Right. And what do you do, right? Uh, you know, you definitely don't put, if you capture it on film, you definitely don't put that shit in the film. But oh my God, you know, no. there's probably an ethical standard that there are ethical guidelines that they're they're following. But I just I'm curious as to what would happen in this situation. Yeah, I I'm not sure. I we'll have to see. I mean, the the details of the scene they were filming are out there. Um, so you you might you might be able to watch for it in the episode. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to be thinking about that when when we're watching the show, if I can avoid it, it might be hard not to in a way. I don't know. Yeah. And I accidentally saw, or read some details on this, on the scene that they were filming. So I guess there's, you know, spoilers in that, uh, just because of what they were doing at the time, but I'm not going to cover that here. No, 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 no. I'm not sure. Um, 
I mean, let's get into the news, though, because the, the, the question around that also comes up as uh, what they're going to do at Comic-Con, which is this weekend. Uh, Shit. Everybody has to go to San Diego and do Comic-Con now right after this has occurred. And, and, and again, I mean, I mean, he would want everyone to keep doing what they're doing, making the show as good as they can make it. And I'm sure that's what John would want. But it's 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 difficult for people to move on and and continue just doing things as if nothing is wrong, right? So I'm sure it'll be addressed at Comic Con, and um, they'll they'll do the best they can. But again, I I don't envy everyone having to just sort of pick up again and go and do all this promotion for what ultimately is just a TV show after something like that happens. Yeah, I mean, there's the adage uh, the show must go on. Of course, right. So that's probably the ethical standard that they might be adhering to. You know, this sucks and we're going to address it, but, you know, it's not like we can't go to Comic-Con or it's not like we can't put out the rest or the rest of the season. So, you know, the show must go on. It must go on and that's, and, and it will. So Comic-Con, let's talk about Comic-Con a little bit. It is this weekend. The Walking Dead panel is in two days. As we record this, it is on Friday, July 21st. And, uh, as we all know, the Comic-Con panels are, you know, at San Diego, a huge deal right in the middle of the summer and they release a trailer. So Friday sometime, we will likely get a trailer for season eight of the walking dead and probably a trailer for the back half of season three of fear, the walking dead. And our plan is to take the weekend to digest those, to watch them few times take it all in analyze it and then come back on monday next week i hope and do our usual midsummer san diego comic-con trailer breakdown episode frame by frame discussion (laughs) speculation pretty much and get it all wrong and then see how it plays out and that's it those trailer editors are crafty they really really are um they also released some uh artwork you know they did like a poster kind of thing and uh i'm an idiot because i forgot to send it to you but you might be able to find it if if you search for it uh but it's a really really nice one to be honest with you i really like this poster because it breaks it down to the simplest elements do you remember the art they released i think it was last summer and you could see the they had shots of the big uh, satellite station Yep. And stuff like that. And it just raised all these questions, which is which is fun. You know, it's fun to see that and speculate and wonder what the hell that all means and stuff like that. But this one is all about the characters and it's all about what we know is coming. And by that, I mean a war essentially between Rick and his gang and Negan and ever and, and all the saviors. Um, if you found it, Jason, it says the walking dead in the middle in red letters, Rick is on one side, Negan's on the other, they're staring at each other. And then, uh, in the lower distance is all pretty much all the rest of the characters, including the tiger standing there. Nope. I don't, can't find that. I get some really weird crap, but nothing like that. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyways, that's what it is. So it has the two, basically the two main leaders staring each other down. And, and that's just what I mean. It's like. We've got two sides. It's, you know, uh, one against the other, and pretty much everyone else is there. Now, in the background, the um, the most prominent characters sort of in the front of the group are 
Maggie dead center with uh, Michonne and Ezekiel kind of to her side. So I'm thinking that is Maggie, obviously, for all intents and purposes, now the leader of the hilltop. And Ezekiel, who, of course, is the leader of the kingdom. And then Michonne, who's not really the leader of anything, but uh, she is kind of Rick's right-hand woman in a way. And Yep, she's the leader of that rifle she keeps using and uh, missing, well, except for that last time she used it where it magically worked all of a sudden. Yeah, there's that, but she's got her sword out in the shot. And um, and then there's Daryl, who's off to her side, but also very, very prominent. In fact, you could argue he's more prominent in the photo than even Michonne. Um, and then behind them is pretty much everybody else. Carol, Morgan, Carl, uh, Aaron is there. Jesus is there. Even um, uh, Jadis is there. Uh, Simon is there. So pretty much everybody, including a lot of the secondary characters. So... I just I just like how they focus on characters. There's no buildings, there's no set. It's just you know, one group against the other and uh and and the walking dead. And no zombies either. No zombies in this shot. It's all the living characters. And um the return date is listed. October the 22nd. Oh, excellent. That's a good day. That is a good day. And it pretty much lines up with uh you know, what we're going to get in terms of scheduling with fear. Cause that comes back, I think on September 10th, we'll run through, um, six weeks of that and get, or five weeks of that, and then get into, uh, uh, walking dead proper on, uh, October 22nd. Excellent. That's my brother-in-law and sister-in-law's birth- uh, birthdays. It's their wedding day. It's their anniversary. Well, there you go. I'm glad they have the same anniversary. <laughs> yeah, they really do. <laughs> Good. Um, continuing with San Diego Comic-Con. So here is the schedule for the panels on Friday, this Friday, July 21st, Fear the Walking Dead will have its panel at 11.15 a.m. That is, of course, Pacific time in Hall H. That's the big one. And get ready, Jason. Here's the list of attendees on the panel. Okay. Kim Dickens, Frank Delane, Alicia Debnam Carey, Coleman Domingo, Mercedes Mason, Sam Underwood, Daniel Sharman, and Michael Gray Eyes. So that'll be cool to see Walker on there. That'd be good. And of course, they're also bringing along Dave Erickson, the showrunner, executive producer Robert Kirkman, Gail Ann Hurd, Greg Nicotero, and Dave Alpert. Dave Alpert. Yeah, one of the other producers. Yeah, he, awesome. he comes around. Immediately following that, at 12.15 p.m. in the same hall, will be the Walking Dead panel. That is, of course, the big one. It will be mass hysteria in there. And on this panel are many of the same producers, Gail Ann Hurd, uh, Greg Nicotero, David Alpert will be there. In this case, of course, showrunner Scott Gimple will be there. And uh, is Kirkman? Yeah, Kirkman's coming as well. In terms of cast, we're having Andrew Lincoln, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Norman Reedus, Lauren Cohan, Denai Guerrera, Melissa McBride, Lenny James, Seth Gilliam, Alana Masterson, Carrie Payton, Kari Payton, and Chandler Riggs. So awesome. a good assortment, I think. There, that's a huge. That's huge. That's how, how do you fit that many people on you know at one table at the front of the room, and only give them an hour, including like a four to six minute trailer. So everyone really just has to show up, probably say two lines, and and then you're done. Yeah, and nod, and then uh, you know 
eat your gum because they're going to have gum, right? Oh, I assume they'll have gum. I guess so. Maybe drink some water and, and, yeah, and that's it. I'll have it. bottles of water and gum, mm-hmm. which go together wonderfully. Wonderfully, yes. But it is a big, exciting thing every summer. And, of course, everyone looks forward to the trailer that comes out, as do I, you know. Yep. So it will be a good time, and we'll break it all down next Monday. Both panels, of course, are moderated by Chris Hardwick. Right. You know, that guy does everything. That guy there. Yep. And uh, I look forward to seeing what comes out of it. Now, finally, for San Diego Comic-Con, I want to talk about one of the exclusives that will be available at the show, because there's always stuff. You talk, We're talking about Walking Dead and not Lego, right? Because they usually have some kind of Lego exclusive for the San Diego Comic-Con, and it drives me nuts, because you can't get I it. I never have it, because I'm never there. You can, and even if I am there, there's some kind of weird lottery system for getting the exclusive because Lego doesn't make enough for everybody. Right. Well, that might be the case with this one too. Um, they will be there will be a limited edition set of uh, comics, double size comic issues that are reprinting the entire All Out War series from the comics. So it'll be in six double-sized issues instead of 12 regular-sized ones. You're talking about double thick, or you're talking about like super tall and super wide? (laughs) Just really big, that's right. (laughs) Double thick, because it's two issues in one. (laughs) I thought double-sized would be nice, though. You remember, magazines used to be huge, right? And it'd be like this huge picture book with uh, I think double size you know double wide double tall would be great oh that's a good idea you're right like Life magazine from the (laughs) 60s was massive right exactly yeah yeah that's a good idea but that's not what they're doing they're doing (laughs) you're just talking about double thick double thick two issues in one yes so they can do six instead of twelve um, with all new cover art and this is going to sound weird but I've seen pictures of these and it's really cool all new cover art in the style of G.I. Joe G.I. Joe. Yes. So it features a, a particular character, uh, mostly from Rick's side of things, uh, on the cover of, of these issues. And I think it looks really, really cool, even though saying it out loud sounds kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it does a little bit. It does. You think they're going to make, uh, uh, G. you know, Walking Dead dolls in that kind of style with the Kung Fu grip? <laughs> Walking Dead action figures that are like little GI Joes. I don't yeah, even. Did I say dolls. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, okay, you, whatever. It, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know. I have all my GI Joes still from when I was a kid. Those I do know where they are. Uh, I don't even know if they make those kind of action figures that much anymore. I don't Not know. the big ones, but little ones you can still get. No, I have the little. Like I have the little little ones. Yeah. Well, they don't make GI Joe ones, but they make other ones. All right, you I, can get like Spider Man and stuff. Okay. Maybe. I, I don't know. I figure like action figures are all like bigger, more detailed these days, but I loved my G.I. Joe's. Anyways, I think these comics look great. I am really bummed that I won't be there to get them just like you with the Lego, but I really feel a strong need to get a set. So I am hoping that Skybound puts some up for sale on their website because in the past they've done this with some San Diego exclusives. And if they do, I'm ordering a set for sure. The set costs 50 bucks and it is only limited to a thousand. So they either are going to give away a thousand, no problem at Comic-Con or they're going to sell 900 and keep a hundred back for the website. And if they do that, that's what I'm counting on. Yeah. It's just a license to print $10,000 or $50,000. Pretty much. 
Yeah. It's just, we're yeah. going to make all these. I mean, it costs money to make them, obviously. What, a couple of hundred bucks <laughs> for a know, thousand of them? Maybe art. They had to pay somebody to do the art, you know, whatever. Uh, but it's, you're right. It's just a license to print money, but that's what happens when you're this successful, Jason. Yeah. You know, advertising on the show is, is just printing money for AMC. I'm sure. Someday I will never be that successful. No, not likely. You got to try harder in life, my friend. License to print money. I don't want to. I'm perfectly, my problem is that I don't have any ambition because, uh, career wise, I'm pretty content, which is kiss death. Really? You're you're right. Uh, I'm fairly content, but it's been stressing me out and screwing up the podcast. So got to do something about that. Anyhow. Work at a video store. If they still have them, go work there. What's the stress? Oh, did you bring back that CD broken? No. So what? CD. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, I need to find a really well-paying video store job. That's the problem. Ah, move into a trailer. Oh, why not? Uh, so if anyone is at San Diego Comic-Con and wants to pick up a set of this for me, I will gladly pay you for it and even cover the shipping if you send it to me. I'm just saying. Right. For cost. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking for anything for free. I just, I'll, I'll pay you. I mean, okay. for cost. I yeah. will pay for shipping for anybody who gets the Lego exclusive from San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> I'll pay for shipping Did- and whatever the, your hard costs are for uh, getting it. Yeah. Hard costs. I'm not interested in paying like you know, four or five times the, the value of this thing. But if you, if you wanted to pick one up for me, I'd really, really appreciate it. Think of it as a gift that they're paying for, that you're paying for shipping. There you go. See? And 50 bucks. And 50 bucks. Yeah. All right. That's enough San Diego Comic-Con. Um, if you're there though, let us know how it goes. I'm sure it's a madhouse every year. Next item in the news is about Negan and his backstory. Aww. <laughs> so, Jason, they have been publishing a story called Here's Negan over the last uh, little while in um, Image Plus magazine. It's Image Comics's, you know, magazine. And it will be released as a hardcover comic coming out, you know, one one book hardcover coming out in October. So if you're interested in that, you can pick it up on October 10th. 72 pages, and from the press release, it says, Who is Negan? Since the debut of The Walking Dead number 100, the charismatic psychopath has antagonized Rick Grimes, murdered his friend with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, and led the saviors into war against Alexandria and the neighboring communities. But who was he before society broke down? That question will be answered here, Collecting the Here's Negan story originally serialized in Image Plus magazine. <sighs> I guess it's sort of like the Michonne backstory that we got in Playboy that one time. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Only but, there's more to it, I think. Well, there's more to it. I'm just, I'm sad that they did that at all, that we get a backstory for Negan. But I've been a proponent of him not having a backstory. But I guess, you know, by giving him a backstory, they're going to make more money. Well, probably I, I can see your point of, of just not giving him the backstory because it's kind of more fun to almost make up your own backstory about how he became such a horrible human being. Was it the apocalypse that did it to him or was it something that happened to him before the apocalypse when everything was normal? You don't really know. And so you can imagine it in your own mind, but not anymore. If you read this, I assume that he had some kind of fried pickle cart 
uh, <laughs> before the zombie apocalypse and was disgruntled uh, after that and just became very angry and was able to uh, take it out on people in the zombie apocalypse. Once they removed all laws, he assumed that uh, by doing that, they also removed all morals, which is not true. But, uh, you know, being so angry at the lack of uh, deep fried pickle sales uh, from his, his small business that uh, he was very angry. I love a good deep fried pickle. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I might be angry, too, if they suddenly all went away. In yeah. fact, I hopefully gonna... he still has the cart that where he can make deep fried pickles <laughs> for uh, his various friends and well-wishers. Yeah, yeah. Sounds amazing. I'm going to go get some right after we're done here. Uh, anyways, if you want to pick that up, it'll be out on October 10th. And like I said, 72 page hardcover called here's Negan. I can't say that any other way. You know, well, there's no other way to say it. I mean, you have to draw you know, out the here. Well, you here's have to because of, uh, was it Tom, uh, John Bardo? What the hell was his name? The announcer for, uh, I don't know. I it was Tom Bardo. Anyway, he did the Here's Johnny in uh, The Tonight Show. Oh, right. Of course. I don't know what that guy's name is. It was. He he died. Uh, so well, did Johnny So did Carson. Johnny Carson. But, you know. Right. Jack Nicholson is still alive, and he said, here's uh, here's Johnny in, in The Shining. That's very true. So anytime you say, here's somebody, you got to say, here's somebody. That's right. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, Bear McCreary, you know him, he is the, uh, score composer for The Walking Dead. His original score is going to be released. So if you have always wanted to own a copy of the score that is not tied directly to the episodes, you can do that now. E! Entertainment Weekly reports this. Bear McCreary's original score from the AMC hit series will be released later this year in all formats by Lakeshore Records and Sparks and Shadows. The entire collection is being selected from the recordings previously created for the episodes. And McCreary said, narrowing down the highlights from seven years of work was a tremendous challenge. I have distilled my choices to include tracks that are both frequent fan requests and my personal favorites. I am thrilled there is finally a way for fans of this global phenomenon to experience my music in an album format. So I am not sure when that's coming out, but if you are a big fan of the original score from The Walking Dead, you're now going to have uh, be able to buy an album full of McCreary's favorites. I think that's a great idea. I think you should throw the CD in your car CD player and use it as the score for your daily commute to work. I don't see why not. I mean, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. There's some really, really good music on the show. You know, I like it when they... they do a montage with an actual song, but McCreary's music is fantastic. Some characters kind of have their own themes a little bit. Um, it's the kind of music that you don't always notice, but it definitely adds to the mood and the feeling and the tone of the show. So it should be really fascinating. I may pick this up when it comes out. And uh, I think it'll also be a very different experience listening to it out of context from the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, because the visuals influence the music just as much as the music influences the visuals, I I think. And when you separate the two, it'll be really different. Hopefully, really good still. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I, I'm going to pick that up because I think it's, uh, you know, when you're driving in traffic and, uh, you know, you, there's there's three ways you can go. You can listen to talk radio, which is uh, okay. You uh, do what I normally do, which is listen to a book 
Or you can throw on some dramatic mu- uh, music and make it seem like you're in the middle of a movie in a very particularly intense scene. Pretend you're, especially when you're driving really slow. Pretend you're you being chased by zombies. Happen. <laughs> Somebody could come up with a shotgun and start shooting up people. But not that that's a good thing. But you know, it's very dramatic and uh, yes, entertaining. Yes, of course. So entertain yourself on your slow drive to work. Yes. Cool. All right. Well. Uh, watch for that. I think it's coming out later this year at some point. Uh, all right. Two more items in the news that are vaguely Walking Dead related. You know the Game of Thrones, Jason? I do know the Game of Thrones, Christopher. So that show started its seventh season this week. Oh my week. God, don't spoil anything. I haven't watched it. I'm trying to watch the entire run of the series again before I start watching season seven. I'm on season four, episode five right now. All six years you're trying to watch? Uh, yeah, I've started right from the beginning. I do want to do that someday, but I just don't uh, have that kind of time, man. Oh, uh, it's it's so good. It's so much better the uh, this time around. Well, I, So much better. I look forward to it. If there's one show out there that I think would benefit from a rewatch, it's Game of Thrones. The Prince of Dawn is just about to fight the mountain in what I'm watching. It's very, And that was like the best episode ever. That was really, really cool. I love the show. Anyways, I've seen the premiere of season seven. I'm not going to spoil anything. However, uh, I am going to talk about the ratings for it. Um, If if you had to throw out a number, how many viewers do you think the Game of Thrones season seven premiere got? 17 million. Actually, that's an interesting guess, but it's not right. The reason that's an interesting guess is because The Walking Dead season seven, episode one, had 17 million viewers. Just over. And Game of Thrones season seven, episode one had a very respectable 10.1 million. Oh, that is for, for an HBO show. That's really good. Right. Now, according to comicbook.com, the episode quote added 6 million same day viewers with playback and streaming services, bringing the total to 16.1 million viewers. Oh, so close. So they had 10 million, I guess, on actual HBO proper and then 16.1 total with other services. Uh, maybe that includes like HBO Go or Now or whatever they're calling it. I, I don't know because we don't have that option up here in Canada. Um, but anyways, so 10 million or 16 million, either way, even Game of Thrones can't hit Walking Dead numbers. Well, it's a different, it's cable television versus. Uh, over-the-air television, right? Or no, not with not, AMC. Not cable television. Right. But you're you're trying to say that more people have access to AMC. They do. And, yeah. and that's HBO true. HBO is, is, you know, you really seriously have to go after it in order to uh, to watch their content. Whereas with AMC, it, it is a little easier to get access to it. Fair enough. So it's sort of, uh, yes, the numbers are great for an HBO show, but uh, it's sort of comparing uh, apples and oranges. I suppose it is a little bit, but I I also think that these are two of the most popular shows in the universe right now. And uh, I guess it is harder to get one. Um, And I wonder if there was some way to, you know, count up all the people that watch the Game of Thrones in some other way that uh, may or may not be... um, legitimate let's say they can't count those i know they can't officially count them but i wonder what those numbers look like i mean i I, i'm sure that they would like to know that too because the reason i say you can't count them is because there's purposefully um, unpurposefully 
purposefully yep, <laughs> uncountable. No. <laughs> I like, guess so. Un- like they're intentionally uncountable. I suppose you could say that for Walking Dead too. I mean, who knows how many people pirate that show as well. Yeah. Um, but it would be interesting to see. But in any case, Walking Dead, even with the popularity of Game of Thrones, Walking Dead still comes out on top uh, by a fair margin, really, in a way, when you look at 17 to 10. Um, yeah. So um, arguably, Game of Thrones is a better show, too. <laughs> I guess it's just it not did, as uh, many people can uh, see it. It did really popularize. It made it okay for people to talk about high fantasy in public. Whereas mm-hmm. before it's like, well, I like to talk about elves and, and, you know, magic and stuff and giants and, uh, zombies, I guess as well. Cause there's sort of, they're, they're not really zombies, but they're sort of like zombies. They, they're undead. I mean, that's, they're right. Well, they're, well, they're walking dead, but they're controlled by a higher power. It's not really like zombies in the walking dead universe. It's more like zombies in the D and D universe. No, I get it. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, they're animated by, uh, a lich or in this case, a white Walker right. in order to do their bidding. They don't have a soul anymore. Their soul is departed the body, but they're still to be controlled by somebody else. Whereas the white walkers would be, I guess they're not dead. You know, we really, anyway, I don't want to spoil game of Thrones, but I don't think they're dead. I think the, uh, the white walkers on game of Thrones are close enough to zombies that you could call them that. They just have a different name. The only I want to have this argument with you, but I don't want to spoil anything for people that have not seen the Game of Thrones. No, the fact that I'm throwing out dead and uh, there's dragons. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't want to spoil it. Uh, So we spoiled it for the first season. I didn't know there were dragons in this show when I first watched it. Really? I did. Why would I know that? I don't know. I I watched it late, so maybe I already knew going in. I'm not sure. No, I you know. Yeah, I have a weird history. I watched like the first four episodes of Game of Thrones. I'm like, oh, it's so boring. And I stopped until the whole season was over. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try it again. And by the end of it, I'm like, holy shit. It was amazing. That's exactly what I did too. It took me two tries to get into Game of Thrones. Uh, but once I was in, there's no getting out. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, they had a whole episode of people traveling from Winterfell to King's Landing. I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, now <laughs> now on the show, people just seem to be able to travel back and forth like at the drop of a hat. They've, they've well, compressed yeah. the I've, time. I've been, I've been watching the show uh, on my computer, and I've been following it along with an interactive uh, Game of Thrones map. Because I never understood the layout of the land before, but now with the map... Uh, you can actually highlight a character and then scroll across. Uh, there's a little scroller to indicate how far in the show you want to go, what episode by episode, and it shows you a trail of the character that you've selected and where they've been on the map. And I bet you, as the seasons go on, it makes less and less sense where everybody is, doesn't it? No, it makes sense. It makes are you sense. are you sure? I feel like they've they've given up a little bit on keeping like travel and positioning of everybody consistent. It's like if they need somebody here, well, they just get there. And then well, I'm in back. the middle of season four, and so far everything's making sense. All right. Well, you still got a few more to go. Yeah, we'll see. True. Anyhow, Game of Thrones is back, so that's exciting, and uh, <laughs> you should exciting. you should hurry up and watch it. Finally, in the Walking Dead news, uh, here's something that might be exciting, Jason. The Walking Dead, Fargo, and Captain America producers are teaming up for a show on FX. So Fargo's, Fargo, Fargo's an Captain amazing America. show. Yeah. And The Walking Dead. Okay, go ahead. From TVGuide.com, in an Avengers-like team-up, Captain America directors the Russo brothers are joining forces with The Walking Dead producer Skybound Entertainment and Fargo and Legion executive producer Noah Hawley 
for an FX crime series called The Mastermind. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Joe and Anthony Russo will executive produce and direct the drama, which is based on journalist Evan Ratliff's reporting on Paul LaRue, a computer programmer and criminal cartel boss turned DEA informant. So there's a lot of information there, but what I want to point out is Skyman Entertainment, who does Walking Dead, pretty pretty good. Um, uh, the Fargo guy, Noah Hawley, Fargo is an amazing show. Yeah, and there were some pretty good Captain America movies directed by these Russo brothers. So we got a lot of talent and pedigree here going into making a show about a computer programmer and criminal cartel boss turned informant. I feel like this might be a must-watch show. Yeah, I always get a little worried about, uh, you know, when they start pulling in uh, statements like, from the producers of, it's like, oh, uh, you know, you might as well say, from the accountants of Marvel Entertainment, uh, you know, brings you all this kind of, like, producers are, it's an important job, for sure, but it's not, uh, it. I don't know, it doesn't really strike me as a creative position. So, touting that as, you know, using that as something to indicate that a show is good doesn't really cut it for me. Well, I think directors. Yes. You know, writers. Absolutely. Cinematographers. You got it. Producers. uh, Maybe accountants. Absolutely not. (laughs) Sorry, accountants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, I think I know what you're saying, but I think in some cases producers have some input or have some influence because Producers are often people who used to be writers or are currently writers or used to be directors or things like that. You know, here we've got the Russo brothers, accomplished directors, made some good Captain America movies, or at least one. I don't know how many they did. Which one was good in your mind? Um, Civil War was good. Uh, The one before it was good. I don't remember all their names. In fact, I've liked Soldier. Winter Soldier. I've liked all the Captain America movies. The, The first Avenger or whatever it was called. There's been... Four, right? I don't know. I think three at least. There was uh, Winter Soldier. There was the first one, Captain America, in the in the past. Uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, then Captain America. I think there's only been three. Okay, so the first one was subtitled "The First Avenger." Captain America, yeah. the First Avenger. Well, it was whatever. It was subtitled something, but it was the one where he was uh, World War Two. Right. Was in World War Two. Right. And I liked that movie. And then I liked yeah. The Winter Soldier, maybe not quite as much. And Civil War was really good. So, um, yeah, I'm on board with Captain America movies. So those guys I have are a big good. problem with Ant-Man, personally. But Ant-Man was a great movie, too. Are you crazy? Ant-Man doesn't... Uh, his power frustrates me because it's a, his density is supposed to remain the same regardless of whether uh, he gets he shrinks or gets really, really small. But yet... A 180-pound man cannot ride an ant if he has the same density, even though he's really, really tiny. A 180-pound man blown up to be about 60 feet tall is just going to float away. He's going to have the he's going to have less density than helium. You're overthinking it. <laughs> Absolutely overthinking it. But I got it has to be internally consistent. If they are not, if the movie is not internally consistent, you lose me. You have to maintain your own logic. That movie did not maintain its own logic fair enough because at the beginning when he shrunk he he landed uh he landed in the tub made a big thump and then when he fell out of the tub he cracked the 
uh, the tiles because he's a 180 pound man sitting on the head of a pin, essentially with that momentum. So they proved that his his uh, density was the same in that when he shrank down, but yet he could run on a gun that somebody like on the barrel of a gun that somebody was holding. I don't think so. You're ruining the movie for me. I'm sorry. I just I, I have a problem with Ant-Man. Because I completely I like agree. Paul Rudd in this role. I think he's fantastic in this role. I like Paul Rudd in, in general. But, uh, and it's got uh, Evangeline Lilly in it. It's got, the movie's got so much going for it, but I can't get past this. I can't do it. I'm sorry. And so he was in uh, Civil War doing the same shit. So, I don't know. Damn it, man. But Spider-Man was there, too. And I think Spider-Man, uh, you said the Spider-Man movie was good, so... I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, I, the Spider-Man movie was good. I have one or two problems with it, but overall, I really enjoyed it. And what's his name had a uh, a shrunken tank on his keychain. If the density was the same, that son of a bitch is carrying around a tank in his pocket. Seriously, <laughs> and uh, you you just can't do that. I mean, I no, know what you, it's like you, to have a tank in my pocket. If you know what I mean, but <laughs> see most people see don't. See what I'm saying? See <laughs> right. what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, most people don't know that feeling. <laughs> That's a good one. So good, good work there, Chris. Thanks, man. Um, all I'm saying is back to this news story. Russo Brothers, good. Skybound Entertainment, good. And obviously Noah Hawley knows what he's doing because Fargo, and I haven't seen Legion, but I hear it's pretty good if you stick with it. <laughs> it's one of those shows. Um, <laughs> but And then now they're making a, a crime drama for FX, which has had some good shows. So... Mm-hmm. I think this might be a must must watch show, and I just thought everyone might want to hear about it because we're all Walking Dead fans, and I bet you there's one or two Fargo fans out there too. I'm a huge Fargo fan. Me? Did you watch the most recent season? Well, I'm we're not done yet, but yeah, we've seen two thirds. Get it, of it done. Well, I, I we will, we will. But I I enjoy the uh, the uh, Jedi guy in it. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, yeah. He does, he does more than the Jedi stuff. Oh, obviously. Like, he's only been in those crappy movies, and they actually made him bad in those movies. I know. He's a good actor. He's a really good actor. I know. Not in those movies, though, for some reason. That's the way... It, yeah, those movies made good actors bad. They did. The, and you've watched Long Way Down, right? Love. Or Long Way Round? I loved Long Way Round. Yeah, that was good. And Long Way Down. I didn't... Wasn't as good, but still good. Yeah, still good. He's good. And he's he's good in Fargo, so we will get through that. Anyways, I don't know what the deal is with this uh, FX show when it's coming, but keep an eye out for it, and, uh, you know, it sounds like it might be cool. Okay, so that's it. That's it for this episode of the podcast. It was, like I said, mostly news and, sadly, talking about a lot of people who passed away. Yeah. Um, so that's a big bummer. Uh, anyways, the San Diego Comic-Con trailer, just a reminder, is coming on Friday. Man, that's like two days from now. And we will be podcasting about it on Monday. I considered just waiting to do this podcast and combining it all into one big one on Monday, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to give short shrift to this stuff or the trailer need to focus on everything is, you know, give it its fair shake. So we'll be doing that on Monday. In the meantime, if you would like to get in touch you can visit talkingdeadpodcast.com, click on the send voicemail button to send us a message or uh, find all of our episodes there. You can go way back to the beginning and re-listen to everything like Jason is doing with Game of Thrones right now. Uh, re-listen to all 330 episodes before Monday. <laughs> See how yeah. that goes. I'm not even sure there are enough hours in of, of daylight or hours in the day between now and then. 
In fact, I'm positive yeah. there's not. <laughs> you could just put it on and leave the house. Just let it play. You might get through it. You you wouldn't. You'd have to put it on at like double speed and... Uh, oh, yeah, you could do that too. I'm not even sure then it would work. Anyways, you can find all that at TalkingDeadPodcast.com. Visit our Facebook page where there won't be any more offensive posts, we hope, at Facebook.com slash TheTalkingDead. Sorry about that. <laughs> find us on Twitter at TalkingDead or send your email correspondence to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Um, visit us, uh, visit our Amazon links if you want to help support the show. TalkingDeadPodcast.com slash Amazon. Click on the country of your choice. And then when you do all your shopping at Amazon, a tiny little cut comes back to us. We really appreciate it. It all helps to uh, support what we do and, um, you know, afford the cost of of putting on this podcast. So appreciate that very much. And uh, if you feel like it, visit Apple Podcasts on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. That would be wonderful, too. It's a great way to help them notice what's going on here and I know we're in the off season right now, but you know, there will be a lot of news around walking dead this weekend. And then as we move into the fall, when fear comes back and when the main show comes back, they tend to focus walking dead podcasts around those big events. So the more reviews we have, the more likely we will get featured on there, which is super fun. It's happened before and uh, we love it. So go leave us a review on iTunes. If you don't mind, really appreciate that too. All right. I think that's enough for tonight. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Until next time, my name is Chris. And here's Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.